If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Two of the stars of the show, Liz Peake, Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore, chief economist, FreedomWorks, Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and author of GovZilla. So, kids, um, I'm looking at the Fox Business website. Alaska Airlines, Dick's Sporting Goods, J.P. Morgan, Disney, and others. Others include Citibank, Microsoft, Starbucks. Anyway, a whole bunch of big companies are going to cover all the costs uh, for abortions. Okay, now, I find that very interesting, a little wokeness here. Um, Liz Peek, I begin with you. Is this what they should be doing? Are you okay with this? Uh, I know it's controversial and so forth, and different people have different opinions about this, but what do you make of it? I, I think the rationale has to be that this is important for them maintaining their employees in states which might rule against abortion. In other words, there is some justification, it seems to me, for a company that, for example, uh, has a manufacturing plant or an office complex in Missouri for saying to the employees in Missouri, don't leave, don't move out. And there have been polls showing that people are threatening to leave these states. I, I sort of suspect that's not the case. But in any event, if a company can justify this important, uh, th- this is important for the morale and keeping of their employees, then I think it's a reasonable thing to do. I know mm-hmm. that's controversial, um, but under that banner, I suspect, yeah, that they that they can do that. No, I you look at I, you know, this whole issue. I mean, I'm a I'm a staunch pro-lifer myself, but uh, I I understand these things. I mean, Steve Moore, it's like I don't really want these companies to do that because it's so woke. But on the other hand, if the companies are going to do it, they're going to do it. I'm just curious what your reaction is. Well, I'm with you. I'm I'm, I'm pro baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm pro yes. adoption. I'm pro pro uh, life. Um, but I think Liz makes a good case, so I can't argue with what she just said. Um, I don't know what's going on with Disney, by the way. <laughs> this used to be a wholesome pro family, you know, <laughs> company, and now they've moved so far to the left away. I mean, you know, Walt Disney really is rolling over in his grave when he sees what's happened with these companies. Um, but look, I can't. A company can provide whatever benefits it wants, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- th- this is better than you know taking positions on elections and yeah. and uh, you know ch- gender and sex and all the rest of it. So this is more more utilitarian approach. But, I understand that. Yeah, the- can, I, can I just add one, one thing on this though? Yeah. That it, just a broader point, which is these companies keep misreading the American people. This is not a center left. It's not a left country. It's seen, it's uh, it's a country that's pretty pretty conservative overall. And they, I think, I don't know what it is that they're so persuaded by the media or by the Silicon Valley workers or the you know the college graduates um, that that somehow they have to appeal to consumers 
by moving way to the left on almost every political issue. And I, I just don't get it. I think they're out of touch with real America. I just wonder, uh, I, know, I don't want to obsess about this, but I just wonder whether their health benefits with respect to abortion uh, include unlimited, no restrictions on abortions, because yeah. that's not where the country is. I mean, the I, country, the country, <clears throat> you know, I, I talked about this last night on the show and a little bit this morning. The country, uh, basically, a little more than half the country, Liz, you look at the Gallup poll on this, but other polls say the same thing, YouGov and so forth. A little more than half the country is in favor of first trimester, okay? Um, 70% of the country, 65 to 70% of the country is opposed to second trimester abortion, and 80% plus are opposed to third trimester. Now, how that governs or influences these uh, corporate health care plans, I, I don't know. I'd be interested to know, but I don't know. Well, I think that's, you raise a really good point, and I think what will determine that, I'm guessing, is the state's uh, laws to which mm. these people travel. In other words, if you are an employee in Missouri and you decide you need an abortion and you're seven months pregnant, you're going to go to New York because, unfortunately, that is legal in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I, I actually um, I agree with you, and I am in the middle of where the country is. I think abortion should be, going back to that old catchword, uh, safe, rare, and legal, mm -hmm. uh, and limited very much so to the first trimester. I think one of the more interesting things that happened yesterday is that people – I think Neil Cavuto's show was talking about this, the countries around the world and what is the, the common practice. The common practice is exactly what Mississippi did, which was legally limiting abortions to 15 weeks, mm -hmm. not 24, interestingly. And, you, and they went through a whole list of countries where 15 weeks is the limit. So this is not completely crazy. And, and I, think, um, I, I think it's going to be very interesting I don't really know that about the politics of this, but a lot of states have now had these trigger um, laws in effect. So when Roe v. Wade was overturned, automatically almost it seemed they will ban abortions, which has just happened today in Missouri. Mm -hmm. The question is, when people go to vote in Missouri, are they going to really support that, or is that was that were those triggers put in place by politicians, kind of virtue signaling? not really imagining it would ever happen. I actually have no idea. Mm. But I can't imagine that state after state is going to ban all abortions, including in cases of rape or incest, or a child that cannot be viable. I, I, can't, Im <clears throat> excuse me, I can't imagine that that will become our practice in, in so many, in dozens of states. But I leave that to you guys. I really don't know the <laughs> politics of okay. this. Can I make an economic point, Larry? Because this is an economic finance show. Uh, look, we need babies. <laughs> we need yes. lots of millions yes. and millions of babies. And, you know, our birth rate is now below replacement level. Yeah. And uh, we have a, sh a shortage. Uh, we're going to have a declining population. And economically, that's a bad thing. So I just wanted to make that economic point. No, okay. it's an important you know. look. I've talked about it on the TV show and here I, I wrote about it again ye uh, yesterday in my riff. I think that's exactly right. Uh, you know, you need population growth, right? Uh, and when when, a, when an economy is governed by free market principles, 
population growth is pro-growth. It's yep. pro-growth. And somebody, you know, we need kids, babies to grow up into the workforce to support um, Social Security and Medicare and, you know, the rest of the economy. But, Steve, to go further on this or generalize, uh, I'm thinking that Joe Biden would like this to be uh, a row election. And yeah. the question yeah. is, is it a row election or is it an inflation election? I mean, you can see their strategy unfolding. Yeah, I just want to make one other point that, to carry on with what you said about, you know, population growth and babies being pro, pro-economic pro uh, prosperity. Think about the number of potential Einsteins and Steve Gates and Paul McCartney's that could be aborted and not ever, you know, be alive. So that's a tragic thing. Um, and Liz Peaks. Think of the Liz yeah, Peaks we might lose. Okay, okay. I have, since yeah. you raised my name, I got to push back on this. Yes, we need families. We need babies. Yeah. But better to have babies born to families who are willing yeah, to raise them and excited 100%. about that and optimistic yeah. well, about those babies' futures than having people, as they are saying now on the left, forced to carry children to term. And okay. then what? And then the state well, takes over. Me, to, you know, we have adoption. I, I mean, that's not yeah. an argument, well, in my view, for. Okay. Uh, anyway, I'll leave that there. Well, well, I don't, me, I don't, don't agree with you. Thing, though, because it is an important point. And Liz and I seldom disagree. But on this point, though, adoption, I mean, adoption used to be a very common practice in America. Mm-hmm. And there are there are millions of families in this country, Liz, that, that want to adopt children. Now, I agree with you. We. You know, we want, uh, you know, if a woman doesn't want to have a child, you know, it's not going to be a good situation if she has to have the child, right, unless she puts it up for adoption. So I wish culturally we would shift towards a pro-adoption position. That's that's my point about this. I mean, Liz, what do you think about that? Well, I think adoption's terrific. Again, uh, if if it makes sense economically, I mean, someone has to support that mother while she's pregnant, right. presumably at some point she can't work. I mean, I think it's a little more complicated than just saying, uh-huh. oh, we need babies. That's that's where I am. All right. Okay. Um, I got to well, take but, a bit. I never I, answered your question, Larry, about, yes, the Democrats. I'm not gonna are going you, to let you. Hang on a second. <laughs> hang on a second. Uh, we had a little baby discussion. So now I have to take a baby commercial break. And then I want to get back to whether this is going to be a row election or an inflation uh, election. I think this has a lot to do with the Democrat strategy. They, I think they tried to make it a January 6th committee election. That didn't seem to pan out so much. Now they want to make it a row election. But the rest of the country thinks it's an inflation election. Anyway, Liz Peake and Steve Moore and I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We're here with Liz Peek, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore, chief economist of FreedomWorks, Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and the author of Govzilla. Steve Moore, please continue now. Is this going to be a row election, or is this going to be an inflation election? Well, the Democrats obviously want to make a row election, and they're going to be talking about the fact that a lot of states are going to ban abortions outright. And I'm, I'm with the two of you. I, I am pro-life. But I do think, you know, something like a reasonable, you know, first trimester, you know, up to the first trimester. I don't even care. exactly. What really bothers me is the is the, you know, the, the last trimester abortions, which I think are 
um, <laughs> really, really awful. So, yeah, the Democrats will um, use this as an issue. And, and frankly, they're going to use the gun issue as well. I mean, the Democrats had a good week this week in the sense that two issues that they uh, it allows them to change the subject from inflation, uh, recession, you know, the war on American energy, the things that are just driving them down. So I think they will certainly they, what they want to talk about for the next three months is abortion and gun control. Hmm. Liz, will they get away with it? Well, I, I think a little bit. It depends on how bad the economic data is over the next right. several months. <clears throat> you know, um, I, I think this we've got a long way to go till November voting. And there are going to be some tough months, I suspect, ahead in terms of the economy slowing down, unemployment beginning to pick back up again, et cetera. And so I I remember when the Alito uh, draft came out, was leaked, I sort of thought it was in Republicans' best interest in a sense that it it was that many more months that uh, voters were, were going to be talking about this and eventually it would not be top of mind. I mean, I, I, I am very cynical about the uh, attention span of the average American. I think it's very short. So, yes, we're going to have a lot of rioting and discord this summer over the next couple of weeks, maybe. Is this really going to continue into October, September, October, November? I don't think so. I think let's go to the data point. You think oil prices are going to come down, gasoline prices are going to come down, inflation is going to come down? And, I mean, we're either in a recession or on the front end of a recession, Steve Moore. I mean, I, I don't think the uh, mm. Roe election is going to work. And I don't think the gun control election is going to work. It's not showing up in the polls. <clears throat> and um, I think people's, you know, these issues, these social issues do not cut in, to everyday life. I mean, we've seen this before. The economy is always the dominant issue, unless you're in a direct shooting war. But I, I mean, I, I think Biden's this is democratic desperation, Steve Moore. You may be right. Uh, I, I'm a little more skeptical of that. Uh, I do think people care about the cultural issues, um, but you know, primarily they they care about the the issues of of their jobs and what things cost, whether they can make ends meet. Um, but the Democrats are going to make Republicans out as kind of right wing cultural freaks. And that's kind of going to be their their argument. I, I I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's it's not as a good situation as if we were just talking about the economy. Let's put it like that. Amen. Do you think, do you think um, the, the gun decision by the Supremes overturning the Sullivan Act in New York state? Do you think that's popular or unpopular, Liz, nationwide? Oh, I think it's unpopular because it's been characterized as yet another reason that we're going to have shootings, you know, mayhem in, in New York City, whether or not that's accurate. Um, but, but I think um, let's talk about what the economy is going to look like over the next few months, because I think that's interesting. I think it's going to be very, very important. The fact that consumer sentiment, which I know I'm like, this is my E-Day speaks, but (laughs) consumer sentiment is so horrible right now. And I'm wondering how it gets better. Mm. Uh, Does it get better if Joe Biden goes to Saudi Arabia and OPEC says they're going to raise oil production? Maybe a little. Maybe that'll help a little bit. But overhanging all of this, which I think we talk far too little about, is what's happening in China. If China really gets through this, lockdown period 
and the economy there begins to grow again, you're going to have demand for oil pushing prices up again. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're looking at oil prices where they are right now with demand in China, a major market, obviously, severely depressed. If things don't get back to normal in China, the supply chain problems are going to be continuing. So I don't really see inflation getting much better. I don't mm-hmm. see I think we are going to talk more and more about the labor market getting a little softer. So I think those consumer sentiment numbers are going to continue to be pretty darn rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And I think that dominates the conversation going into the fall. Steve? So uh, just going to make a kind of side point on this, which is that um, Laffer and I have a piece that will probably be in the Wall Street Journal next week. And we argue that austerity is no solution to inflation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. austerity is not. And, you know, Larry Summers has been off quoted about, you know, getting it right on inflation. He's wrong. Larry, wrong, wrong. You and I have written pieces about this. You don't produce more goods and services. You don't bring down prices by putting people in unemployment lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've yeah. never that's the dumbest argument I've ever heard. And Reagan proved that. I mean, we had under Reagan seven years of declining inflation and declining unemployment at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I cringe when I hear even people on our side say, oh, we have to have a, you know, Larry uh, Lindsay, who I, somebody I respect, said, well, we're going to have to have higher unemployment if we're going to bring the inflation rate down. I don't want, I don't like that argument. Well, <laughs> we look at the pro, case, pro, pro supply side. Yeah, look but, at the, the Casey Mulligan, the Casey Mulligan op-ed. Yeah. How yep. uh, all these regulatory interventions are killing the supply side of the economy, which then produces fewer goods, which then at the same level right. of demand causes higher exactly. prices. That's exactly right. Liz, you were going to say? No, I, I think that's exactly right. You know, another thing we don't talk about enough, in my view, and I'd say we sort of generally speaking, is the fact that, that Biden is walking exactly the same line as Obama, throwing hordes of new regulations and rules in place, Gary Gensler and all the various financial people involved are doing that. And also all the labor laws that are, are seeping in. People really aren't paying attention to this, but it's exactly like what happened under Obama. It raises the cost of everything, including, by the way, the infrastructure spending. Whatever happened to that? Well, it turns out that all the rules and regulations and also existing inflation have pushed up the price of everything they're trying to do like by 25 to 40 percent. It's a disaster. Well, you know, they they don't I mean, honestly, it's a men in black moment. Every time you have Democrats in the Oval Office, they don't remember (laughs) anything that ever happened before. They certainly don't (laughs) learn from it. And we are we are traveling exactly the same path. Only now it's worse. It's the Securities and Environment Commission. It's not the Securities and Exchange Commission. (laughs) I had had Harvey Pitt on talking about this, former SEC chair. And Harvey said, well, you know, the SEC doesn't have any expertise about uh, carbon emissions. They don't have any. He said there is another agency that uh, is authorized to talk about this called the EPA. But there's, you know, identity problems here. Gensler thinks he's the head of the EPA. And uh, (laughs) it's, it's not good. It's not good. Liz, I just want to, before we lose everybody, your piece on Biden's war on oil is fueling Putin's war on Ukraine. I mean, that's a very important piece. 
and it's like there he goes again. You, yeah. You, Russia, yeah. China is China and India are buying Putin's oil, you know, at one hundred twenty dollars a barrel or one hundred ten dollars a barrel, and that's just putting money into his war machine. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty staggering, isn't it, that even as central banks around the world now are raising interest rates because they need to squash inflation, Russia is cutting theirs because they no longer have to support the ruble because guess what? Their economy is doing fine. And this was supposed to be the outcome of all those dreadful sanctions. We were going to crush Russia through our sanctions program. I don't know about you guys. I am very negative on what is going on with Ukraine, um, our timid military support for it, the fact that the entire West seems to be completely paralyzed with terror Mm -hmm. by Vladimir Putin and unable to rein in the number one source of of, uh, currency and money that is pretty much day by day funding this war. I, I must say, this is Biden's big accomplishment, getting NATO together, standing with our EU partners, To what end? Who is this helping at this point? I mean, I I am very disgusted with and then to have Biden come out and reprimand, as he apparently did, Antony Blinken and Lloyd Austin for saying we wanted Ukraine to win. We're Mm. not trying to win. Oh, boy, does this make my blood boil. (laughs) And Steve, Biden would meet with the oil and gas CEOs, but he would meet with the windmill makers. (laughs) <laughs> well, is that, that tells you everything, doesn't it? Yes. Um, and just to, to you know, uh, I think Liz's point is so spot on. And so the two countries, and I, I said this on your show long before the election, which is that the two big winners, if, if Biden won the election, would be Russia and China. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's yeah. exactly what's happening. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Liz Peak, thank you. Feel much, thank much you. better. Steve Moore, thank you, buddy. We'll see you both this coming week on the Cudlow Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.